Let's pray. While living in a world of change, let us seek the abiding city. Be with us to our journey's end, that we may glorify you in death as in life. We bless you for preservation, supplies, mercies, and to you, keeper of souls, we commit all we are and have. May no evil befall us, no sickness come nigh us, no horror disturb us. May our conscience be clear, our hearts pure, our sleep sweet. And with the innumerable company, who neither slumber nor rest, we join in ascribing blessing, honor, glory, and power to the Lamb upon the throne forever and ever. Amen. Please stand and sing with me hymn 372. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, 
All desires known and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. God spoke these words and said, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods but me. Lord, have mercy upon us and give us grace to keep this law. You shall not make for yourself any image or likeness of anything that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath or in the waters under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. Lord, have mercy upon us and give us grace to keep this law. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Lord, have mercy upon us and give us grace to keep this law. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Lord, have mercy upon us and give us grace to keep this law. Honor your father and your mother. Lord, have mercy upon us and give us grace to keep this law. You shall not murder. Lord, have mercy upon us and give us grace to keep this law. You shall not commit adultery. Lord, have mercy upon us and give us grace to keep this law. You shall not steal. Lord, have mercy upon us and give us grace to keep this law. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Lord, have mercy upon us and give us grace to keep this law. You shall not covet. Lord, have mercy upon us. Give us grace to keep these laws and write them upon our hearts. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, from whom all good proceeds, grant that by your inspiration we may think those things that are right, and by your merciful guiding may do them. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated to hear God's word. A reading from the book of Hebrews. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the men of old gained approval. (coughs) By faith, we understood that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous, God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. By faith, by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up, for he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. The word of the Lord. Please stand and sing with me hymn 382.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus spoke these things and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let's affirm our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed found on page 3. I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Rock, O Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I want to look at three songs today. (laughs) Everybody goes, oh no, not psalms. Psalms are beautiful, but... Sometimes we like tend to go to the narrative because, hey, we can attack that better and try to figure out what God's trying to say to us. But these three psalms are especially helpful because they're about, they're about nature. One, the first is 104, and it's how we can discern the glory of God through nature. Um, the second one is about man being put in place to take care of nature, which we fail miserably at. And then the third one is about God redeeming man out of nature. We tend in our fallen and sinful state to want to embrace and worship nature and say we are no better than animals, that we are just we're just part of, of everything. And what we do is we deny God who made us. And we, we just say, well, I'm, I'm just an animal, so I'm just going to behave like one. And what God does through Christ is he redeems us out of nature. He pulls us out. And that's essentially the summary of, of, of the entire sermon, so I can just stop now. <laughs> but the first psalm is Psalm 104. And it's it personifies God. God is an invisible God. The only time we've ever seen God is in the person of Jesus Christ. But God is a vast mind who's running everything. But what he did is creation, as it says in Romans 1, where creation reflects his glory. Creation screams out, here's God. This is what God looks like, even though we can't see him. So listen to this song. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, 
My, oh Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. Now he's an invisible God. How can he be clothed with splendor and majesty? Well, it goes on. Covering yourself with light as with a cloak. Suddenly, the, the lights, everything that's not darkness, is what God is, what he's covered with. Stretching out heaven like a tent curtain. So the sky, you look up at the sky. No, no, no. As before I go on, this is where fallen man has corrupted nature to fit his own proclivities, let's say. God created everything. Nature is to remind us of God. Nature is to show us a visible representation of God. When there is a storm, God didn't go, whoops. He controls nature. He's sovereign over nature. So things that happen are due to God. Now what we do is we go and invent Zeus. You know, and so we got an image of a guy with a beard riding on a cloud. And you'll hear that here. Um, he lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters. So the vastness of the heavens are like a shelter. He makes the clouds his chariot. So then we got the image of Zeus with the lightning bolts up in the cloud. But that's what we've done in corrupting this. We're not supposed to look at the clouds and think of an old man in the sky. We are to look at the clouds and think of the power of the invisible God who controls everything. Who is sovereign over everything. There was a church years ago that I think in the Midwest that had this great big convention and they decided to just change all the rules in the church, all the canons, and they said, you know what, we're we're done with worshiping God. We're you know, that that's that's secondary. We'll worship God, you know, we will. But really social justice and making sure Man is the center of our focus. That's the important thing. So he started just changing all the rules. In the middle of the convention, a huge storm came and a tornado like tore the roof off the church. And everybody went, whoa, that was a freak occurrence. No, it wasn't a freak occurrence. It was God responding. Now, it's providential. I wouldn't say that God is poised there and... He starts hitting storms in the places where he wants. He allows the storms to gather in the places where he wants. It, he, he allows these things to happen because he is a God of providence. And there are storms in the first place because of the curse that we've put upon the earth through our sinful lifestyles and our sinful living and our rejection of God. And so in general... The earth has been been groaning. The earth has been straining because of our sin. And so God says, here's part of the curse. Part of the curse is, you know, there's nowhere you can live where there's no danger. You, know, you can't go out to California. Hey, the weather's great out in California. Yeah, but there's earthquakes and you could die under a building. You know, well, I'll go to the Midwest. No, there are tornadoes there. Well, I'll go to the, I'll go to the East Coast. No, here come some hurricanes and some bad, some bad storms and floods. And so there's just nowhere to go. I can't go too north, suddenly I'm freezing to death. Go too south and suddenly I'm getting bitten by scorpions. And, and you know, around the equator you've got the, the, as Rose would say, the large scary creatures. You know, and Australia, she says, is, you know, I'll move to Australia. No, everything's bigger and more poisonous there. <laughs> So that's part of the curse. And God allows the curse to happen. And when we ignore God, the curse comes down. The curse of nature comes down harder on us. When we glorify God, we, he protects us. Now, that doesn't mean that nothing bad will happen to us because he disciplines those he loves. The difference is discipline takes place with his children. Wrath takes place with the people who've rejected him. It's how we perceive it. We say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for disciplining me. They will say, 
why, why I hate God. I hate God more than ever now because he's allowed these bad things to happen to me. So as C.S. Lewis says, there's like a, a split. And the more things that happen, the more this side goes off in its bad direction and this side gets improved. This, this side, our side, gets elevated because of discipline. But this side can share the gospel with this side and possibly bring some people back. When we look at the sky, when we look at the clouds, when we look at all the things that are happening, when we look at the storms, when we look at the lightnings, we're not to think Zeus. We're not to think all these false gods. I mean, we've, we've done everything we can possibly do to change the true God into some manageable God. No, God's in a tree. No, God, you know, there, there's a spirit in this tree. And, and you know, nature, each, each thing is personified by a spirit. Or we'll say there's this whole pantheon of gods, plural, that are doing things and causing storms and stuff. But what we're supposed to do, as, as, as what the psalm says, is we're just supposed to be in awe of the God who created all of this. Every little detail, I mean, every cell has a DNA strand in it. And that's that in itself is so colossally amazing that we should be in awe every day at the existence of anything. Things should not exist. They would say order never comes out of chaos. That's, that's one rule. But why is there something and not nothing? That's already the... That's a big hurdle to leap. There shouldn't be anything because things just don't be without a beer, without a being without someone to create it. So you've got these... So Psalm 104, I'm not going to go too much into it, but he's it's persona, not personifying, but showing how God controls and is sovereign over the elements, over all of the, the things that exist, and that they point to God. And he sends forth springs in the valleys. They flow between the mountains. They give drink to every beast in the field. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle. We're not supposed to go, oh, yeah, 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 God's, God's causing the grass. He created it, and the grass just sort of does its own thing. It's like he is acutely aware, as Christ said, not a sparrow falls without him knowing about it. The high mountains, the Lord... How many are your works? In wisdom, you made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. So when we see nature, as Paul says in Romans 1, we're supposed to just, wow, there's God. And so many people don't. So many people see nature and they just go, that's it. What they do is they see the perseverance of nature and the non-perseverance of mankind. They think, Nature can withstand all of our garbage, all of our bad stewardship, and we'll just go away. That's what that leads us to Psalm 8. Psalm 8 is about how God has put us in charge of nature and where we are in the hierarchy between God and nature. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You who have displayed your splendor above the heavens from the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength because of your adversaries to make the enemy, to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him? It's like creation is already amazing. Why do you even need to create man if, if we're only part of nature? There's something special about man. What is man that you take thought of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than God and you crown him with glory and majesty. He put us in charge of the earth. That's what he did with Adam. He said, work this garden. 
You crown him with glory and majesty. You make him to rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the fields, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So He, there's something special about us. God's here. We're here. Nature's here. God has put us in charge of nature. What have we done instead? We've denied God. And then we just worship nature and we say, we're just, we're just animals. We're down here on this level. Totally abandoning our responsibility. So, that's where we get to Psalm 107. Psalm 107 is, Lord, the Lord delivering us out of nature. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. How has he redeemed us? Through Christ. We say, fall into sin and death and disrepair, and we say, we're, we're just part of nature down here. Jesus comes, he doesn't fall into that sin because he's sinless. So he's still up here in the place where man was supposed to occupy. He's fully God, he's fully man. Only someone above us down here wallowing in nature. Not that nature's bad, but we are supposed to be elevated above it. We just try to take our place in the, in the swamp with, with nature. And so Christ is up here. That's the only position where someone can redeem us out. Think of a helicopter with like a, like a crane on the end of it. Like one of those, one of those games at the, at the arcade where you pull out the stuffed animal. But it's us. And Christ hovers over and pulls his children out of the mire. Out of, it's, it's not the mire of nature, but the, the thinking the, the 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 faulty thinking that we have have underwent because of just everybody bombarding with us. There's no God. There's nothing there. There's just nature. You're just an animal. You're just this. You just happen to be a more reasoning animal than other animals. But they're just as good as you. And dolphins are even better than. Me. He gathered from the lands, from the east, the west, the north, and the south. They wandered. And then, he, then the psalm uses, read over the psalm when you get home. This is really great stuff. He shows several different situations, historical situations in the Old Testament, but and also situations that are to come. And they're all metaphors for what God does. So the first one is they wandered in the wilderness in a desert region. We know those the Israelites. They're wandering in the wilderness in a desert region. But it's also us. We wander in the wilderness. The wilderness of the world. The world tells us false things. We wander in them trying to make sense of them. We don't just say oh well I don't think I'm going to go to the Bible and see what it says. I'm just going to try to wrestle with the nonsense that a lot of people give us. They wandered in the wilderness in a desert region. They did not find their way to an inhabited city. They were hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them out of their distress. So what? there's a theme here. What happens is we say, you know what? I'm going to reject God. I'm going to choose nature. And then God says, well, I'm in control of nature. Nature's not going to be so fun to be with, be in. It's not going to be a paradise. It's going to be a desert. And what God does is break the wills of his people until they have no other option but to cry out to him for salvation. So they cried out to the Lord in the trouble, and he delivered them out of their distress. He did it. He's, he's ready to deliver every single one of you out of distress. He led them also by a straight way to go to an inhabited city. Remember, they were in the wilderness. They were looking for an inhabited city. They can't find one. We are in a wilderness. We have inhabited cities here. Have you been to New York City? Over-inhabited. Over-inhabited, but think of... Have, have you walked the streets 
of New York City. Has anybody been friendly and talked to you? No. It's not an inhabited city. It's an inhabited city physically, but there's no community. There's there's no talking. There's, uh, Kathy and Anne are there right now, and they're just like people are not very friendly. They look down on the ground. They look down. They don't. They don't want. They don't want to be bothered. So it's a city full of a bunch of individuals mm-hmm. who can't connect. So that's what we're. That's the kind of thing we're living. In. We got the internet now. I can interact with robots. Have you noticed that that you that you that you spend your time typing in little random letters and clicking on images to prove to a robot that you're not a robot? That's what we're, so we're spending time interacting with nobody. Somebody posts something on a on a chat board. You look at it. You can either respond to it or no. That guy never sees you, and you ne- and you're never seen. You have to you, you create false personas to you know an avatar. This is my this is an image of something that's not even me. Or we got Facebook where oh it is me, but I'm going to pick the best picture of me. You're not going to be able to see me as I really am. The real me. <laughs> You're going to see me with a rainbow behind me and the sun. Yeah. They wandered in the wilderness. So, but then he brings us. We're lost spiritually, but he brings us to an inhabited city. That's everlasting life. That's relationship with him, eternity with him, with all other believers. You know, do you have? Tr- I have trouble as an introvert. I have trouble talking to people that I don't know. I, I try, you know, I try to communicate. But like, I'm at the pool the other day, and the girls are swimming, and the guy brings his son, and his son jumps in the pool, and my girls are playing. Son play that you know. Usually, kids go up to each other and go, "Hey, let's play." So this time, wasn't much happening. That's okay. But the the father came and sat down next to me. He's on his phone. I'm on my phone. You know, all it would take is one of us like, hey, my name's Fred. But no, we got walls. And what the community in heaven is like, there are no walls. We, we, we are able to interact with each other, and we're all talking about the same thing. How awesome is God? There were those who dwelt in darkness and in the shadow of death. Prisoners in misery and chains. We're like prisoners in misery and in chains because they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he humbled their heart with labor. So once again, we we say, I'm going to do my own thing, Lord. Thanks. And then God says, well, work's going to be hard for you. Things are going to be harder. It's not an easy Living without me is not a cakewalk. It is a laborious activity. He said that too in the curse to Adam. Rocks are going to come out of the earth when you try to plant a field. It's not going to be easy for you. They stumbled and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death. He broke their bands apart. Let us give thanks. Fools, because of the rebellious way and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all kinds of food. And they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them in their distress. They start rejecting life-nourishing food. And what do we do? We reject life-nourishing spiritual food. Constantly doing that. But things get tough. And then we cry out in our distress. He sent his word and healed them. He sent his word, the word made flesh, Jesus Christ, and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Let them give thanks. Those who go down to the sea in ships. Here's another metaphor. But physically happens. But we can use this to our own spiritual benefit. Who do business on great waters. 
They have seen the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep, for he spoke and raised up a stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They rose up to the heavens and went down to the depths. Their soul melted away in their misery. Life on earth is like a storm at sea. Until we have reached the bottom and we, we cry out to God. We scream out to him. They reeled and staggered like a drunken man and were at their wit's end. God is the God who reaches us at our wit's end. He allows us to go to our wit's end so that we will cry out for him. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he brought them out of their distress. He caused the storm to be still. Think of Jesus on the bow of the boat with all the disciples in it going, no, 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 the storm. And he just says, be still. And the whole thing stopped. So the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad. This is the part that's kind of prophetically showing what's going to happen historically. They were glad because they were quiet. So he guided them to their desired haven. Once again, there's that extra thing. I'm not, God's just not going to quiet the sea. He's not just going to still it with a word. He's not going to make everything quiet. He's also going to take us to the desired haven. We're looking all over the earth for our desired haven. We're trying to find it among men. We're trying to find it among people. We're trying to find it in cities like New York. We can't find it. And then what God says is, I'm going to still this storm. I'm going to pull you out. And I'm going to take you to your desired haven. Let them give thanks. He changes rivers into a wilderness. Once again, we have this nature imagery. Remember in Psalm 104, he's creating and all these amazing, awe-inspiring things. Here he's reversing it. The chain, he changes rivers into a wilderness. The springs of water into a thirsty ground. The fruitful land into a salt waste. Because of the wickedness of those who dwell in it. Because of the curse that we impose. He takes all the paradise out of earth. Now there's wonderful paradise-like places on earth. Those are usually in places where you'll die within 24 hours. If you don't have any supplies. But Angel Falls is, is one I was thinking of. In, is it, is it down in the Amazon or somewhere? I don't know where it is. But it's, 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 in, it's in South America. And, and there have been people that have, I'm going to go for a little hour-long hike into the Brazilian rainforest. Never seen again. Make one wrong turn and that's it. Your supplies run out and you can never find your way back. So, yes, there are beautiful places on Earth. You won't live long. It's probably the last thing you see if you don't have exactly the right resources at your disposal. When they are diminished and bowed down through oppression, misery, this is the theme of the whole thing. All, all those examples. When they are diminished and bowed down through oppression, misery, sorrow, he pours contempt upon princes and he makes them wander in a pathless waste. But he sets the needy securely on high, away from affliction, and makes his families like a flock. The upright see it and are glad, but all unrighteousness shuts its mouth. Who is wise? Let him give heed to these things and consider the loving kindness of the Lord. It's exactly what I was saying before. There's a split, and the people that are off on this way get worse and worse because of what because of the curse and the people that are start have through faith that God gives them begin to exercise that faith and cry out to him their their lot improves not necessarily on earth but in eternity that's that's the crucial spot so where are you are you wandering in the wilderness are you <clears throat> On a ship that's sinking. Some days feel like it's just the worst day in the world. Well, just remember, hell is like our worst day magnified a hundred times. So don't, you know, our worst day on earth is something that God is using to pull you out 
and to reach for him and to cry out for him and grope for him. And he's made this way, like I said before, Jesus Christ died on the cross, spilled his blood so that he, in that place, in that position as a sinless man, could lift us out of this evil that we have put ourselves into because we reject God and we try to embrace the worldly things. I was telling Juju earlier today, don't be earthly minded. Stop. Mine. That's the, the, the big cry of the little girl. Mine, mine, mine. <laughs> because we're grasping the earth. We're grasping the natural world. We're grasping, grasping materialism. And God says, fine. If you want that, you go and have that. Now it's not going to be fun. You're not going to have connection. You're not going to have community. You're not going to have... You're going to have all those things that you want are not to be found there. But with faith, you will reach rock bottom and you will cry out to me. And then I will readily pull you out of that and show you what eternity is like, what life in the celestial city is like, what real community is like, what an inhabited city looks like. And that can only be found through faith in Christ. Amen. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. words of encouragement that they would like to share. Oh. George! <laughs> uh, two Sundays ago, well, three Sundays now, my uh, younger son got married in Arlington, Virginia. So that's uh, three out of five kids are in the marriage mode. <laughs> and uh, I'm waiting for two other boys, older than you guys over there, to, uh, to drop the big question. Uh, so we're you know, when I we raised five children, and my goal is ultimately to have five married kids. And I haven't told my kids this, but I'd like 15 grandchildren. Well, you know, <laughs> just as for starters. Just for starters. <laughs> so, but we had a good, uh, a good wedding. Uh, we had a Presbyterian uh, minister there, and I had a little talk with George before he tied the knot. way I raised you is marriage is as long as you live. This this marriage to Christian is as long as you two are alive. Follow 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 the word. And also I recommended to him that read your marriage vows to each other every anniversary and thereby strengthening and reminding both of you the commitment. And all these witnesses, we had 200 people there. And, uh, you know, these are all witnesses. So you were accountable right. to God and them. So, uh, so that went well. It's kind of like a baptism, too. You know, you're baptized in front exactly. of witnesses. And when you baptize a child, you're saying, I promise to raise this child in the faith in front of all of you people. And if I yeah. start screwing up, you know, call me on it. And I think that's one of the God's gifts is that we're we're to support each other and encourage each other. You know, whether it's you know something as simple as a baptism or kind of watching each other during the day to day in the marketplace, you know, encouraging each other. 
briefly, she, she, we, she, the, the wife, you know, lady, so we're really happy, and she passed the mommy test long ago. So Judy, Judy has to approve, you know. to see you because I know you've been busy working and you've also yeah. been busy with the wedding planning and all that. Yeah. So I, I hope I, to see more of you now. I have to say, Fred, you have only beautiful daughters, but being the father of the groom is much better. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Any other words of encouragement? Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Let's sing the first verse of 324. <clears throat> Let all mortal flesh keep silence and with fear and trembling stand under nothing earthly minded oh the blessing in his hand Christ our God to Almighty and ever-living God, in your holy word, you have taught us to offer prayers and requests and to give thanks for all whom you have made. We appeal to your mercy, gracious Lord, that you accept these alms and oblations and that you might hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Inspire your universal church by your spirit, granting that all who confess your holy name may agree in the truth of your holy word and live in unity and godly love. prisoners of false philosophies, false theologies from bondage, break their bonds, bring them out of the depths. Lord, in your mercy, give grace, Heavenly Father, to all bishops, priests, and deacons, that by their life and teaching they may proclaim your true and life-giving word and rightly administer your holy sacraments. Lord, I lift up our prayer to you, Lord, and your family. Redouble your blessings on him, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, Lord. Provide all the necessary things that you need to spread your word, Lord, and accomplish the great commission. I pray in Jesus' name. Help us to fulfill your great commission, making disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all that you have commanded. Lift up missionaries that we support in Japan and Mexico, Tanzania. in your mercy we ask you to rule the hearts of all who govern us that we may be godly and quietly governed may they truly and indifferently administer justice to the punishment of wickedness and vice 
and to the maintenance of true religion and virtue. Lord, in your mercy. Hear in prayer. Grant your heavenly grace to all people, especially these gathered here, that with meek and reverent hearts we may hear and trust your holy word, devoting our lives to your righteous service. I see you grow our church to more locals. May you bless, Lord, those that are gathered here and, and those that are not here, Lord, that you bless them with a loving heart and give them your wisdom, Lord, as they prepare to receive you in your service. Be with Kathy and Anna as they live in New York these next couple weeks. Lord, in your mercy, we humbly ask you, gracious Lord, to comfort and strengthen all those who in this earthly life are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity. We bless your holy name for all your servants who departed this life in your faith and fear, praying you would grant us grace to follow their good examples, that with them we might partake in your heavenly kingdom. Lift up the Puritans and the Reformers. Lord, in your mercy. Grant these our prayers, O Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. Amen. Dearly beloved in the Lord, if you intend to come to the Holy Communion of the body and blood of our Savior Jesus Christ, you must consider how St. Paul in his letter to the Corinthians exhorts us all diligently to examine ourselves before we presume to eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For as the benefit is great, we receive that holy sacrament with a truly penitent heart and lively faith, spiritually eating the flesh of Christ and drinking his blood so that we might be made one with Christ and he with us. So also is the danger great if we receive the same unworthily. For then we become guilty of profaning the body and blood of Christ our Savior and we eat and drink to our own condemnation. Therefore judge yourself lest you be judged by the Lord. First examine your life by the rule of God's commandments. Wherever you have offended, either by thought, word, and or deed, there confess your sins to Almighty God with the full intention to amend your life. Be ready to make restitution for all injuries and wrongs done by you to others. And also be ready to forgive others who have offended you. For otherwise, if you unworthily receive Holy Communion, you will increase your own condemnation. Therefore, repent of your sins or else do not come to God's holy table. Above all, each of us should give humble and hearty thanks to God for the redemption of the world by the death and passion of our Savior Jesus Christ. He humbled himself even to death on a cross for us sinners who lay in darkness and in the shadow of death, that he might make us children of God and exalt us to everlasting life. Because of his exceedingly great love for us, our Savior Jesus Christ has instituted and ordained these holy mysteries as pledges of his love and for a continual remembrance of his death and passion to our great and endless comfort. To him, therefore, with the Father and the Holy Spirit, let us give continual thanks, as is our duty and our joy, submitting ourselves entirely to his holy will and striving to serve him in holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. Amen. All who truly and earnestly repent of your sins and seek to be reconciled with your neighbors and intend to lead the new life following the commandments of God and walking in his holy ways, draw near with faith and make your humble confession to Almighty God. Almighty God, 
Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, maker and judge of us all, we acknowledge and repent of our many sins and offenses, which we have committed by thought, word, and deed against your divine majesty, provoking most justly your righteous anger against us. We are deeply sorry for these transgressions. The burden of them is more than we can bear. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father, for your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake. Forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may evermore serve and please you in newness of life, to the honor and glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who in his great mercy has promised forgiveness of sins to all those who sincerely repent and with true faith turn to him, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Hear the word of God to all who truly turn to him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Please stand. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord. God of power and might, holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full, full of your glory, Hosanna in the Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Let's pray together. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your abundant and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord who always delights in showing mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, in your tender mercy, you gave your only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption. He offered himself and made once for all time a perfect and sufficient sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. He instituted this remembrance of his passion and death, which he commanded us to continue until he comes again. So now, Father, we ask you to bless and sanctify with your word and Holy Spirit these gifts of bread and wine that we may partake of his most blessed body and blood. On the night that he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, Jesus took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Come on up.
Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. 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 And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let's look together at the post-communion prayer at the top of page 10. Say it together. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for feeding us in these holy mysteries. Spiritual food, the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And for assuring us through this sacrament of your favor and goodness towards us. And that we are true members of the mystical body of your Son, the blessed company of all faithful people and are also heirs through hope of your everlasting kingdom. And we humbly ask you, Heavenly Father, to assist us with your grace, that we may continue in that holy fellowship and do all such good works as you have prepared for us to walk in, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Please sing with me the glory to God found on page 11 of your green booklet.
Please sing with me hymn 176.